Welcome to Geared for Growth. This week we're chatting with Kaylee Kilgore, who's the licensee and director of the Good Property Company, which is a property management firm based in Newcastle. We chat about all things property management and the particular things that investors should know if they're buying a property that they're wanting to market, how to set up a good relationship with the tenant, and buying properties with the tenant in place. All about routine inspections, the cut price providers, and what some of the exclusions are right the way through to the tribunal. Here's Kaylee. Kaylee Kilgore, welcome to Gear for Growth. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you in. Now, we just want to kick things off with who are you and yes. what do you do? So, um, my name's Kaylee, as you mentioned, and I'm a property manager and a mortgage broker. Excellent. Now, how did you get uh, into the industry back in the day? And I got back into originally the finance industry, uh, would be seven years ago now, and that was due to my parents' family business. Right. They have a mortgage broking business, and I'd kind of always grown up in school being around mortgages and seeing yeah. them doing that. Uh, I left school and went, that's the last thing I want to do, <laughs> right. and went to uni and did my own thing for a few years, and then I was looking for some part-time work, and mum said, hey, we've got some admin, do you want to come give it a go? I think she always knew what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought, yeah, some easy money and some pretty flexible hours. I'll try it out. And um, I actually started learning more about what they do as opposed to just seeing the long hours and how stressed they were. Right. And when I started actually learning more about it, that's when I got really interested and was like, oh, I like this. I could see myself doing this. And you were sucked in from there on. Sucked in from then <laughs> on. <laughs> no turning back. <laughs> now, to give us an insight into the real Kaylee, mm-hmm. perhaps, mm-hmm. if that's how this works, um, the posters on the bedroom wall as a youngster, if you were allowed blue tack, that's a common thing. I definitely wasn't allowed blue tack. <laughs> nothing, no, no, allowed nothing on our walls. However, if I was, I would have been um, diehard Spice Girls fan. Spice Girls. Yeah, right. Backstreet Boys. Right. Yeah, very cool. Backstreet's back. Yeah. <laughs> you're showing you're showing your age there. Most yeah. most people would sort of say things like uh, Queen. You know, we've had Spandau Ballet. You've yeah. sort of brought it up a little bit uh, in in the timeline. I like so, that. <laughs> so you um, obviously started in the finance mm. industry, and you've moved into into property management. So you're the licensing director of the Good Property Company. You've been over seven years in you know finance and property. Yep. How did you then merge into to property from the finance field? So we, um, so I was originally started in my finance background in Sydney and we had clients in Newcastle as well and we were commuting between both offices and finding that a little bit ineffective in the fact that we'd no, long, no sooner get back to Sydney and I'd realised my Newcastle client needed an appointment. Yeah. So we decided, I decided to move away from the family office in Sydney and start up the office in Newcastle yeah. and from them we were approached as well by... Um, Good friends of ours who were running the good property company yeah. and they asked us if we'd like to take that over um and from them we saw the perfect sync between obviously mortgages yeah. you're helping people buy investment let's roll that on in regards to also looking after their um properties as well yeah. so that was three years ago this month yeah. um since we went into that stage as well well congratulations thank you and it's not an uncommon thing i mean a, a lot of big real estate agencies have their mortgage arm but yep. they're of a different name you know yeah. things like mortgage choice are owned by actually i don't even know who they're owned by ray wyatt or someone like that anyway there's a, there's a number of different ones so there is a good um synergy now we've interviewed a few property managers and i thought it would be good to sort of dig a little bit deeper behind the scenes mm-hmm. um so getting into the nuances of the whole process so 
How does it sort of typically start? I guess the, the beginning is your listing presentation to the landlord, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So whether um, it's a mortgage client that I've dealt with who I've helped them buy an investment property in our area, um, when we've actually got to the stage that they've exchanged on the property and we're at loan documents, I'll start having that conversation with them about obviously settlements coming up, we need to look at, we know you're going to rent this out. Let's yeah. look at the stages in regards to what you need to be doing renting it out. Yeah. And can we also have that chat about whether we can have the opportunity to look after that for you as well. Yeah. Um, generally, because we've got a good relationship with them already and we've started that relationship, that can be quite seamless. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people as well do their due diligence and shop around. Yeah. Um, you can't blame them for that as well. So it's just oh, having that conversation and explaining as well to them why, how we do things a bit differently and what we can do for them. Um, so that's one sort of client I'd be dealing with or another yeah. one is just someone who's been recommended our details so absolutely we have a chat to them about their property try again in front of them if we can yeah. um, we do have a lot of interstate clients and mm-hmm. overseas clients as well so right. just trying to put time aside as to going do you want to do this on email or can we set up a Skype phone call and trying to see what's going to work best for them so we can explain to them how we can help their property yeah. um, and also find about more out more about their property as well yeah and is that pitch a little bit like um, a real estate agent that's looking to, to get a listing for, for sales. It is a, a similar sort of thing. Um, well, I've never actually been a sales agent, right. but I've been in sales agents' pitches. Um, and I guess it would be similar, um, but I would probably say my approach to things is a bit, isn't as salesy, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a, have a warmer approach and I'm more about creating relationships yeah. with people. So I'd probably say it's not as intense yeah. um, and more not just saying, obviously with sales, you're going, looking at a lot of pricing and what they're looking to achieve I think with property manager it's property management it's more about the ongoing relationship and how you're going to work with them over a period of time so that would be the main difference so I suppose the rental appraisal is is definitely part of what they're going to get each week but from the sales side that price is a real sort of sticking point whereas you're focusing a bit more on hey we're going to be chatting to each other Mm. for 12 months 10 years whatever it is and I don't think the um, rental appraisal isn't the do or die in that listing as well. Right. I think it's very much changed from that and it's going, well, obviously we've got the knowledge in regards to what we believe the property could be rented for, yeah. but the client, my landlord might also have different ideas and want to chat to that. you about that. <laughs> yeah. um, and also they might go, well, this is what you've appraised it at. We'd like you to start lower or higher due to different reasons. Yeah. So they're not always really talking about that price. It is more about what we're going to do for them in the long run. Yeah, okay. And so say we've got someone on board, um, I guess the next step is marketing. Mm. How, how do you approach that and how does that differ from, from sales? Obviously, you know, we see the sales um, doing a lot of videos, they've got the sign boards that are becoming more and more backlit and yeah. internally lit and LED and, and, and animated and that sort of thing. What's, what's the sort of difference with the marketing and how does that sort of kick off? I guess the main, as you said, sales have got a, a very much bigger budget right. <laughs> to do all those fancy things and to do more print media as well um, and to have a lot more design around that, whereas rentals are, it's a shorter time frame. Yeah. So we do have a smaller budget in regards to play with and we just need a really quick turnover. So for a sales campaign, you might be having a three to four week lead up. Yeah. For a rental campaign, I might have two hours right. from meeting <laughs> yeah. the client to them wanting it online and getting it advertising so it's working with the client as well going all right how long do we have Um, and then also having a chat to them about obviously looking at your online channels looking at sign boards and just seeing as to what we obviously recommend for their area and their property and also what they're happy with and when you say online channels obviously there's the realestate.coms and the domains is is there anything more technical than that are you doing any facebook or anything like that Is, is that happening in the industry 
It is happening. Um, obviously, the main channels, as you said, are real estate and domain. Yeah. Um, we use a few different channels as well through Newcastle University. Oh, yeah. um, so we've got a few other smaller websites that we tap into just because the more you can be on, obviously, the larger website you can get. Sure. We do put some of our properties on Facebook, but I don't see a big return. Like, I don't yeah. see a lot of success through that. Yeah. And obviously, a lot of our landlords like it because they can share it and they can send it out to their friends. So yeah. we'll send them the links. But I don't very rarely do I see us listing a property because of we've yeah. listed it on Facebook. I guess the market will determine whether it stays that way or mm. whether it will change. I guess people at the moment aren't looking for property through Facebook. Um, and it is interesting. Like we're always tracking where um, the tenant inquiries are coming from. Yeah. So which websites are actually getting the traction yeah. and it does change. So it's always right. being on top of that and monitoring that so we know we can get the best exposure for our landlords. Yeah, okay. So say we're running through a marketing campaign and this is maybe a story that investors will relate to. Um, we might be sort of trying for something a little bit above market rent and we're not getting the inquiries. How, how do you sort of manage that from a, from a marketing perspective and, and maybe even from, a, I guess, a, an expectation perspective from the landlord? Yeah, well, I always had liked to have the chat with the landlords in regards to pricing early on and I do say... I guess it's up to their objectives. Some landlords will like to go bang on market price because they need a tenant in there quicker. Yeah. And obviously by having it within exact, the exact right range, you'll get a tenant faster yeah. and over the whole, you'll minimise that loss of rent at yeah. the start of the period. Some um, landlords, their objectives are to get a higher rent to begin with and yeah. then because they want to keep increasing it over time and they're not worried about losing two to three weeks rent yeah, at right. the start. So it's having that chat at the start with them and saying, okay, we believe we could get it rented faster if we visit this price, or if your objective is to have a higher rental income for a yeah. longer period of time, we'll try that, but you're gonna lose a few weeks rent at the start. So yeah, kind okay. of just managing expectations from there as well and seeing what's important to them. Yeah, okay. And I guess if we're sitting bang in market rent or market rent range, we're gonna have a greater amount of inquiries. Absolutely. And then perhaps better people. I mean, I've, I've chatted to some property managers that say, the people that say, oh, we'll give you an extra 10 or $20 a week, there's often a reason for mm. that. Um, and I think um, we even had a little bit of doctor bashing. Mm. Doctors tend to sort of fly under the radar. It's like, oh, we found a tenant for your place. It's a doctor. And they go, oh, thank God, they'll look after the place. Not always the case, right? No, they're, um, they're very busy people. Yeah, they're for they're... very little time at, ho at home to yeah. do any of the um, maintenance of the house or the yeah. housework. But again, that's stereotypical. We could... We've had some great ones, yeah. um, but yes, I would not say that one particular industry or yeah. one particular professional is a better than the other. Okay, mm. well, let's let's talk about the tenant selection process. How how does that work? I mean, let's say you've got a hypothetical property, you've got ten different types of people. So you've got couples, you've got singles, you've got young, you've got elderly, mm -hmm. whatever other categories you like. Um, how does it? How do you select that tenant? Um, and how how involved is the owner? in the in the end tenant that you place into that property yeah absolutely so for us it's we our office rules we have to meet the tenants so mm -hmm. that's a personal preference we have to meet the tenants and we have to have a quick interview with the tenants yeah. as they hand in their application or at the at the property before they hand in their application yeah. is that common in the industry um i'd probably say no okay um but for us that's we've always found that's the best way to yeah. actually get to know your tenant and feel as if they're going to be the right fit because yeah. you can look on paper at someone and go this person's fantastic
10 dogs and all these other things they haven't listed on paper. Yeah. So it's, I find it's really important to actually get to know the tenant so yeah. we actually know who's going to be living in your landlord's property. Yeah. Um, so that's an absolute prerequisite for us. Um, sure, we might miss out on tenants because there's some tenants you can't meet. Yeah. Um, but I find in the long run it still works out. It's always worked out better for us. And it's minimised our amount of times we've had to go to tribunal, minimises our rental um, rental areas as well because you're building up relationships with the, these people yeah. so they trust you and you trust them yeah. um, in regards to how much selection the landlord has in the end again it's different per landlord so yeah. I have some overseas landlords who want to know nothing they go okay we trust you get the best tenant you just do it all and yeah. then I have some other landlords who want to know everything Right. And they'll say we want to be involved in the whole process and obviously there's privacy but I can give them as much information as I can give them and I yeah. can say these three applications, um, these are the credentials of each, this person has a dog, this person has a cat, this person has no animals, whatever it's going to be. Um, from meeting with them and from looking at their application, this is the one that I would perhaps think looks the best. Yeah. However, there's still options for you. So it's up to you at the end of yeah. the day who you place in your property, but this is just kind of the information I have based on meeting these people. Yeah, okay. And stereotypically, is there any any type of, of person or, or family situation that they're pretty bankable general? Like, or is that, are we stereotyping too hard? I think it's very property dependent. Right, okay. Yeah, which is hard. So obviously you've got a small apartment, you don't want to put an, a family and a dog in there. Yeah, so yeah. it is looking per property and going, all right, for this property, who's going to be the best fit yep. um, for there? So I guess stereotypically, no, there's not. Because again, we've placed fantastic tenants who I thought these people have no problems with. And then a month later something happens in their family and everything goes downhill so yeah, you just yeah. don't know at the end yeah. of the day and so jumping to the other side of the fence because we're, we're picking on poor tenants I mean this yeah. is pretty much a property investor show but often many of our property investor clients are renting mm -hmm. because you know there's obviously the opportunity with rent vesting absolutely People might want to live in a place that they think is a terrible investment mm. have you got any tips for tenants in helping them to secure a place if they find something that they fall in love with in regards to renting it? I guess just in regards to impressing you enough to place yeah. them in it. Okay. Um, be organised. That's my biggest okay. thing. I love an organised application. Yeah. Turn up on time to the inspection and be presentable. Yep. <laughs> Try and engage with your property, like the person who's showing you through as much. Because yep. again, it's about building that relationship off. Yep. If we know them and, oh, that person really stuck out at the inspection, as opposed to the other person who nipped in and out and avoided eye contact. Yep. It's again, you're gonna, who you trust and who you know. Yeah. Um, and applications, it's just being organized. It's, we get applications and it's got half of it filled out, half of it's signed, half of it's, we've got one pay slip for one person, but not the other. And those things are just frustrating because we have yeah. to do more work to chase you up. Yeah. If I've got a half done application and I've got a perfect application with a cover letter yeah. and all your supporting documents, it's pretty obvious who I'm going to lean to. So yeah. that's a main thing for me. Sounds like a bit of a no-brainer, but it's amazing how often that isn't done. Oh, I'd we say see, most of the time. <laughs> we see the same thing for, for job applications. Yeah. Spelling mistakes on, on resumes. Mm. Kind of thing. I'm not worried about spelling mistakes. <laughs> um, for your tenant, for job applications, I might be. For that's tenant applications, I'm not. Um, but yeah, just have everything we ask for. It would be yeah. nice. Yeah, awesome. I think that's that's great advice. And I mean, I've, I've been to a couple of, of, of rental inspections before and you, you don't really see people engaging with property managers. They sort of, they tend to be viewed as the enemy. 
But if you can get in a charm one, mm. you know, you're on to, off to a good start. Absolutely. So what are some of the issues around placing the tenant in the property? I'm guessing that there's, there's timing, like they might have another property and they can't move in straight away. Yep. Are there negotiations on the length of lease at that stage? Or are there any headaches with getting someone into the property once you've selected them? Yeah, a lot of the time, if uh, tenants are already renting, they do have to give notice in their own property before they can move in. And that's something, again, you have to talk to the landlord about and say, sometimes it can be we've got this fantastic tenant who we know they look great and we these are our top leaders but they have to give three weeks notice at their current property yeah um they but they might want a 12 month lease so you might go all right we're going to lose a couple of weeks rent here um maybe we can negotiate with the tenants they can have a week of having both properties to do the seamless move handover and being able to move um and just again talking to the landlord going what's your preference we can get these tenants in in three weeks and they're the front runners we believe we'll have no problems with them or we can maybe take another application, but it might not be as solid, but yeah. they can move in straight away. Yeah. So what's the landlord's preferences? Do they need the money right now? Or are they prepared to wait a little bit longer to have greater tenants? Yeah, so it's balancing that, I guess. Yeah, and, and it's def- different for every landlord's objectives. Yeah, and we've, we've, we've bashed PMs, I think, even on this podcast before about rent collectors. I think I was mm. stirring up um, Pat, actually. Um, so these are things that are part of the property management role that yeah. you're not really invoicing for right mm-hmm. like until someone's in there you're not you're not essentially getting paid absolutely so there's, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes yeah. that investors don't really know about yeah what about sort of tips for a landlord in starting off a relationship with the tenant now maybe they don't have a direct relationship but mm-hmm. they kind of, it, it kind of makes sense to me that the tenant has a positive view of the landlord now is that all about the christmas bottle of wine a hamper how, how do we sort of have a happy tenant and, and, and have them not having the view that this is a moneyed landlord with 15 properties and they're just trying to sort of fleece me into the ground. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a big problem within the industry and yeah. everyone says, oh, tenants, tenants are seen as second-class citizens or they're treated not very nicely. And I think for us it's really important to make sure they don't feel like that yeah. um, because at the end of the day they're paying your bills and they're paying your rent. Yeah. So we want them to be feel respected and we want them to feel like they are an important part of the situation because they hundred percent are. So for us, it's about treating them with as much respect and trying to work with them in regards to what their needs are. Yeah. Um, I think a big thing when you're moving into a property is having the property actually clean for them Yeah. Okay. and having them be able to move into the property and get the keys and go and go, okay, we can move in, yeah. not go, Oh, we've got to actually spend a day cleaning before we can move in. And it's things like that. And some landlords just aren't aware of those small things that will go a long way and they might go, Oh, the property's ready. And I'll go out there and go, oh, it's not not very clean at all. Yeah. Um, would you mind if we get a cleaner in just to freshen it up for the tenants? And also you've got to look at what how you present the property is how you get the property back as well. Yeah. So just having respect from the tenants up front and going, would you kind of put your feet in their shoes and yeah. go, what would you want as a tenant? Some of my owners, um, they love to do things like have the bottle of wine for at the start of new tenancy and a little note waiting for them. And I think that's fantastic. And I yeah. do think that starts a really great relationship. Yeah. Um, some of my owners live overseas. So those things aren't possible and they're not really worried about doing that. But again, it's just working with the tenants and going, all right, what are they looking for? Maybe it was that they did want that dog and you're kind of okay there but not sure so it's just kind of trying to understand of what they need and what you can offer them as well yeah okay that makes sense and i guess a clean place that has implications for the um routine inspections and how it's sort of handed at the end of the tenancy as well absolutely so what about i mean that's that's a nice situation where you're buying a property that was maybe a principal place of residence for someone and then you're putting a brand new tenant into sort of an empty vacant clean place 
What about if you're buying an investment with a tenant in place? How do you sort of manage the transition of, of moving in there and having a good relationship with the, with the new tenant who's probably a little bit afraid about what your intentions are yeah. and selling the property. I mean, we, we do inspections all the time. The tenant says, oh, does this mean they're selling? You know, there's obviously a bit of fear there. How, how do we manage that? Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely an interesting one. And again, it's different per situation. However, we've got a lot of the time during that buying period, the actual purchaser, so the one who's going to be the new owner, will meet the tenants when they're doing their and they're going through doing an inspection or the agents introduce them. So it's yeah. kind of going all right. They have sometimes will have met each other and sometimes they won't. And I think fear does come into it. We'll go into the situation and we'll either be the new property manager or we've been the property manager the whole way along. However, it's been a change of owners and the tenants are aware of that because they've gone through the sale process. So just trying to give them, make them as comfortable as possible and be on their side about it because it is daunting for them, their place where they live. They've had people go through it. Um, They've had people come in and out not knowing if they're going to be able to continue living there or how long they're going to be living there. So obviously you don't want to give them tell them all of the new owner's secrets or tell them the whole picture, but just give them as much information to make them feel comfortable about whether they are staying or as much as you can give them. And also we go out and meet all new tenants. So if we've taken over a handover um, or a new owner's come in our books because they've just bought a property, we like to go out there and meet them to start that relationship off on the right foot and just make them feel comfortable about the situation so they don't have that fear of, we might be kicked out or this is a different property manager. I don't like this person. Yeah, or, yeah. So just trying to make them feel comfortable. Yeah. And is it a good idea for, for landlords to, to meet the tenants? I guess that maybe depends on the landlord and the tenant. Yeah. Perhaps. It's very situation dependent. I, um, again, it's up to the landlords. Some landlords love it and they go, we want to, and they think it's really important to gain that respect from the tenants. And yeah. if that's what they want to do, absolutely. Um, my only concern about that is that sometimes during, through that process, the tenant will try and bypass the property manager and a lot of the time they'll start contacting the owner for issues that they know aren't necessarily allowed or taking advantage of the owner because yeah. they go, oh, the property manager doesn't know, yeah. we can do this. Yeah. And then we'll get the owner calling us going, hey, the tenant's asking for this, we feel bad, but and landlord, we don't want to. <laughs> I suppose a landlord can, can use you to be the bad guy, right? Yeah, like, it's our job. And that's... <laughs> that's the prerogative of the landlord like well that's might... what they are paying us for to make sure that the laws are being adhered to and that there's all everything's running smoothly and yeah. we have found that sometimes when the landlord meets the tenants that's they try to take advantage of that situation yeah. so they just try and pass it back onto it so a lot of the time it's i don't think it's necessary for the owners to meet the tenants yeah. um but again if some owners do absolutely if that's what they want to do we can arrange that so when you're buying a property that has a tenant in place and has a, another property manager in place, I, I would hazard a guess to say that the vast majority of people would say, we'll just leave the property management company in there because I don't want the hassle of doing it. I, I can't help but feel that that's a bad idea because you haven't sort of interviewed them, you haven't sort of seen what, what sort of agency they're like. What do you think about that? And, and if you do want to buy a property that has a PM in place and you want to bring your that you know and trust in Mm. how does that sort of work yeah absolutely I think a lot of the time it does happen where they just carry on with whoever's been managing it because it's easy and they think oh it'll disrupt the tenants less and we'll just carry on as is but at the end of the day you don't know what management they're offering you you are just carrying on the fees that maybe that previous landlord has there's just so much the story you don't know so I think it's really important you look into that you're spending a lot of money buying mm-hmm. this investment. So yeah. maybe a couple of hours of spending, doing a bit of research on who you want to manage it, I think will go a long way. Yeah. Um, and also you've, those, that manager might have really good relationships with the tenants as well, but they don't have a relationship with you. So how are you going to 
how are you going to start up that relationship with the property manager as well so they understand what your needs are for the property and what your long-term goals are as well so i think it's very important not just to and ignore that situation um but as well if you've got a new if you are buying a new property and you want a new property management company to take over that can be handled just as seamlessly so it's a matter of obviously the new property manager coming in advising the tenants that what the intentions are if they're going to be signing a new lease or what will be happening with the property um myself i would go out and meet the tenants and explain the situation be a trance it's it's very similar from one manager um, even if you've got an existing property, one money property manager taking over for another one. So it's yeah. just a seamless process. We'll go out and say, these are the new bank account details that you'll be paying your rent to. Um, these will be your new inspections. This is how we operate and this is a new lease. So it's just giving them the tenants information, feeding that back to the landlords as well. But there's processes in place to make sure that happens pretty seamlessly. And do you normally have to wait for that that existing lease to expire with the property manager or can a new property Absolutely manager take not. that over? No, a new property oh. manager can take that over. So most, it's different for every agent depending on what your agency agreement is but generally it's 30 or 60 days notice Um, you'd have to give your property manager if you're wanting to move on to a different one and again that's something the actual landlords don't have to be involved in they can sign an authority and give it to us and we would deliver it on their behalf to their old property manager so the the tenants um, the tenants lease might be say six months Mm -hmm. and you're buying a property in the middle of that the Mm -hmm. tenant maintains the rights over that lease but that lease might go from another PM to, to, to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, interesting. So um, when we're buying an investment property with a tenant in place, and this is a typical sort of situation where it'll be a rental that the tenants maybe been in there for two or three years, they maybe have been um, a great tenant and the landlord's been looking after them with rent, or the property manager's been a bit maybe lazy with rental reviews. Let's say you're buying a property that the market rent is 400 and they're renting for 360 or mm-hmm. something. How do you sort of manage the tenant um, getting it up to market value or do you kind of think that that's not enough money to jeopardise that relationship? Again, it's um, that's something we see a lot yeah. happening. That there's been a tenant in there for a long period of time and the previous owner might have been very generous or the property manager just hasn't pushed it enough yeah. to go, hey, you're actually not earning as much as you could be out of this property. Yeah. Um, and it's having that new conversation with the new landlords to say, well, we believe you're not, it's not quite at market value. Um, they might again, might the tenant through the process of buying the process, buying the property. So having the chat with them and say, this is where we think the property should be achieving. This tenant might have a great track record and we know we want to keep them. So we might do it in small increments. Yeah. Um, so maybe every six or 12 months, slowly get it up. Or some owners, some landlords might come in and go, now, we're putting it up and yeah. we're happy the tenant goes. Yeah. So it's really, again, depending on their objectives and what they're looking for with, for their goals. But there's different ways to manage that to make sure it's done properly as well. Yeah. And it also could be an excuse to get a bad tenant out. Like yeah. at the end of the day, if the tenant has been performing really badly um, and they're not paying their rent or no, we know we're not looking at the property and we're not too concerned about ensuring they stay, yeah. um, that could be going, all right, well, let's get the let's do the right procedures to get it back up and the new tenant, the existing tenant might not be prepared to pay that. So therefore we can start looking for a new one. Yeah, okay. And we're obviously talking sort of New South Wales legislation Mm. here and we do have some listeners in Queensland as well. Yeah. Um, in, 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 In talking about New South Wales legislation, is there something that stops you from say buying a property that's rented for 
for 350 and putting it up to 400, which which might be market? Like, is there something that stops you from making a, a huge incremental or anti-incremental increase? Yeah, absolutely, it's your lease. So right. it, it'll come down to whether they're in a fixed-term lease or they're in an ongoing lease. Okay. So there's different rulings around that. You can't put up their rent midway through a lease. Right. So you might buy property and they're on a 12-month lease and yeah. the tenants have elected to stay. Yeah. Well, therefore, you're going to have to ride that 12 months out. Yeah, okay. um, so it's really going to come down to your lease documents and what the previous property management has arranged. Yep, okay. And what about the day-to-day stuff? How do you manage things like um, maintenance calls from, from tenants? Yeah, that's obviously a big part of our job as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we do get a lot of calls in regard to the maintenance because generally it's a lot easier to talk through an issue than to put it into words. And mm-hmm. it might be urgent as well. So a tenant is going to call you before they spend time pulling out the computer or their phone and writing an email. Yeah. Um, for us, obviously, we ask, we've got a 24-hour number, so right. we want to be involved in all maintenance. We want to know what's happening with our properties. Yeah. Um, so we're very, very alert in regards to that. So we always say, give us a call. Um, if it's extremely urgent, we will get onto it straight away. Whether I'm out on the road, I'll pull over and call the right tradesperson. We'll do whatever we need to do to protect the property yep. and to ensure the tenant's safe as well. Yep. Um, we do ask tenants after calling us to write us a quick email as well in regards to what the maintenance issue is, just yep. so we've got a track record in writing as well. Yeah, right. And so we've got that sort of written communication between both of us. We can understand what's going on. Yep. So if it's a non-urgent as well, the tenant might just call and say, hey, this is a problem but it's not urgent, it's just something that's happened it can be fixed next week or the week after. Yeah. I'll say no problem, send me an email and I'll um, speak to the owner or action it as soon as I get back to the office or if it's urgent, I'll get it sorted as soon yeah. as I can. Is that the hardest part of your role, managing the, the maintenance request? Um, it's a very big organisational part of the role. You got to have it. It can be really hard, but if you organise it well yeah. and you set yourself the right reminders, but you are to make sure everything's followed up. Yeah. It can. It's not too hard, but again, it's just trying to coordinate the right people. So you're coordinating the repair with the tenant, the tradesperson, um, and also trying to keep the owner engaged as well and let them under know, let yeah. them know what's happening if they want to know, um, and also ensuring that you're not just we. We're very strict with our trades and who we use yep. because you don't want to call a tradesperson to get out there and then find out two weeks later they never went. Yeah, so yeah. it's setting yourself reminders and constantly following up to make sure what you actually implemented actually happened. Yep. Um, just to make sure the problem's fixed, the tenant's happy, the owner's happy, and the tradesperson did their job. Now, now speaking of the tradies, it's bloody impossible to find a good trade. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters where you are in Australia. Property managers must maintain good connections with tradies. Absolutely. How likely is it, say, for me out of the blue to, to ring up a property management and say, I, I need a plumber, I'm not a client of yours, but you must have a good one, right? <laughs> I've always kind of thought, if you need a tradie, yeah. a property manager is probably the best person Property managers know a lot of people. <laughs> are, you going, are you going to be withholding them, though, because you're thinking, well, this guy needs to be doing my work? Yeah. Um, it's a hard one because there's also a life cycle of tradies as well, I believe, in property management. That some of them, at the start, they love it right. and they get their, get really busy and then all of a sudden they're too busy and go, oh, I can do bigger and better jobs than your small tap yep. that needs fixed or your small PowerPoint that needs fixed. So I guess it's you've got to have a really good relationship with your trades to keep them. And yep. also from speaking to tradespeople as well, they have advised me they often don't get treated very nicely by property management. Right, okay. So they get kind of put, they feel like they're the bottom of the ladder in regards to that. So they will be property managers. They'll go, yeah, I worked with for them, but I'm not doing that anymore because they didn't treat me very nice. Yeah. So obviously maintaining that positive relationship. 
if you called me and said who's your plumber i would recommend my plumber because i know because i like him and right. i know and i know you would treat him nicely right. but it is going to depend who it is as to whether i think yeah i want to put my plumber through this situation or yeah. maybe i don't want to pass his details on so but yeah obviously they're out there looking if they're out there looking for business and i think they do a good job i'd love to pass the details on and help them out yeah good we'll take that off here because i need a few people <laughs> um, what about uh routine inspections how, how often should these be done how do you manage the process and how is it done well and and how are property managers marking it up and getting into trouble yeah that's a really interesting thing because that, that's um <laughs> We've picked up a lot of managements through bad routine inspections being done by other agencies. Um, and I think it's something that is quite important to the owner and the landlord. Um, and again, having a chat with the landlord about what their objectives are. So again, some of my overseas ones go, I know you're doing them and that's great, but I don't want to see them. Yeah. Like they just trust that I'll do them. They're just a very hands-off people. Yeah. Whereas some of my other um, landlords, they'll go, we want to see everything and we want to know everything. So it's about yeah. those ones giving them as much information as possible. Yeah. So we go out and we take our iPad with us and it's all reporting on an app. So okay. we've got every single room we've got to go through and we've got to do the sweep from floor to ceiling walls, checking everything, and then also taking photos of any damage and also taking photos of how the property's been maintained as well. Yeah. So we give it through a PDF report. So we'll take go through and we'll spend between 20 40 minutes depending on the property yeah. out there having a looking making sure there's nothing wrong we always say we obviously advise our tenants that we're coming out and we say if you're not going to be there and you've got any maintenance issues or any problems leave us a little note on your kitchen bench yeah. and we'll pick that up otherwise we'll go and have a chat to the tenants if they're there and say what's going on is there anything you're concerned about yeah. just taking as much notes as possible as well going through and obviously we've got like tabs we've got to go through on our app to say is it clean is yeah. it working yeah. um did you test the fences etc um but as well just writing as much notes it's just common sense as well yeah. looking around about how the property is being maintained um and there might be something you pick up you might go oh there's a bit of mold in the corner of that ceiling the tenant hasn't even noticed as well because yeah. they're not worried about it yeah. so they haven't reported it but you might go oh is there something bigger going on yeah. so you've just got to be really thorough and kind of put everything else to the side and whilst you're in that inspection you're doing that inspection really well yeah. because that's where a small crack or something that you ignore can become a much bigger problem if you didn't get onto it yeah that makes sense and i guess property managers and landlords would say oh we never hear from the tenant that's great they're never complaining they're yeah. paying their rent or whatever but if there is a bit of creeping mold or a friend of mine had something that he described as creeping death <laughs> um, that's indicative that there may be a huge problem that Absolutely. would be a very expensive thing and you might have an easygoing tenant but you need a good property manager to do that inspection to say look the tenant doesn't really care because you know like they've named the mold Albert yeah example. they made friends with it <laughs> yeah but I think it might actually mean that there's a leak or something that's going to cost you a fortune down the track absolutely and some tenants are so lovely they don't want to complain and they think, oh, we just won't bother the agent or we'll just fix it ourselves. Or they're just some really great tenants out there who think they're doing the best thing. Yeah. Um, but it's actually a lot more beneficial if we can give the owner a heads up that the gate at the front isn't broken, but the tenant has to fix it every second day. So it's pretty close to being broken. Yeah. But if we can give the owner a heads up, hey, this is going to go in the next couple of months, they can start going, all right, we'll put money aside. So we've yeah. got the money to fix it. So as much this is the little things like that that the tenants might not pick up on if you can kind of run your eye over that or see any of that's happening yeah. i think it's always best to feed that information back is it common for routine inspections to be outsourced either to maybe junior members of the property management team or even other companies that do that on behalf of property managers yeah it's definitely something i'm hearing more and more of at the moment and it's a bit of a conversation in the industry i yeah. guess that it's being outsourced especially um and i guess that comes down to 
what your how you feel about it and what your company policy is around inspections at the moment it's not something i'm comfortable with because i believe that to manage someone's property i need to be out there and i need to be seeing it and i need to be it's another it's another excuse to go and interact with the tenants and have a chat and see how they're going um from a conversation at inspection you might hear that oh they're looking to buy a house soon so they might be looking to move out and just trying to know as much about the property you want to be out there and seeing and understanding what's going on Um, so it's not something that we're looking at at the moment, yeah. um, but it's something I can, I've can. i seen a lot of agencies haven't implemented. Yeah. I, I guess there's no reason why it can't be a good thing. Mm. Like these people may be so specialised that they're, Absolutely. they're better than the average property manager, or even better than the best property manager. Yeah. But it's that problem of you're sort of taking on that liability of what they've seen on site. And again, those conversations that might be important to you where the tenant sort of remarks like, oh, I've been looking at a place in wherever, they kind of think, well... We're here for the routine stuff, mm. so that doesn't sort of fit in with us. Is yeah. It, is that the biggest kind of concern? Absolutely. I guess it's picking your strengths as well. Like if you know that you're a really – if you've got a property manager who's really good in the office and is super organised with your maintenance and everything else, but you know when you send them out to a property, they're not thorough enough to check everything, yeah. don't send that one out to the property, obviously. Yeah. Pick your strengths within your team and go around, I'm better at this, I'm going to do that part. You're really good at inspections because you pick up on all the weird – mold and the weird things that are happening so picking your strengths within your team i think it's really important not just to send a junior out who may not care about the property or may not know the property um just because it's a job that you've got to tick off it's finding who's going to be the best person to go do that job send the mold whisperer yeah pretty much (laughs) so are there any common disputes or or gripes that tenants or even landlords have that that end in in a big escalation is there anything sort of typically that you kind of think i'm going to flag that because often those things explode um i guess late rents and yeah as i say rent deliveries comes to mind (laughs) pretty quickly and again we're very strict on that because i you just have to be onto that stuff as soon as it creeps behind so there's a week late half a week late or you know when you're getting your rent every week if they're not paying it yeah. Just having that really friendly conversation with them to say, hey, did you know you missed your rent? Or yeah. did you know it just might not have come out of your account? So trying to be communicating with both sides, not just yelling down the phone at them and going, where's your rent? Yeah. So trying to understand where they, what their situation might be. Um, so they'll hopefully come through with the rent as well. Yeah. Those things you really need to get onto quickly because obviously as your rental arrears builds up, it's harder for the tenant to get back on top of. Yeah. Um, the owner's therefore not making any money and that can escalate pretty quickly in regards to needing to get them out of the property. Yeah. And you've only got four weeks bond. So if yeah. they're not coming back to you, if they're not corresponding and looking at paying at their rent, you don't have too much money to play with in regards to getting on top of that. Yeah, it's not a lot of leverage, is it? Especially if no. there are actually some repairs that need to be done or Absolutely. even cleaning. Like that and that's a big... in real quickly. And as, if you're ending that relationship with the tenant on a bad note, that they rent, they know they haven't paid their rent and they're kind of avoiding you, you can guarantee they're pretty much, they haven't cleaned the property very well, they haven't cared too much about the whole situation. Yeah. So you're going to need more than that as well. So trying to, that's obviously our main thing that we're looking at. But again, it's repairs as well. We look at some properties that need repairs and... It's understanding what is urgent and what needs to be done and yeah. what's maybe a want as opposed to a need as well. Yeah. Because the owners are, the landlords do need to make money out of their properties and yeah, they don't always so. have money to splash on every every single thing in the property. So it's prioritizing that and making sure the tenants understand that as well because yeah. they might go, oh, we really wanted a, new wash- we wanted a new washing line. We've wanted it for months and they're getting frustrated about it, but the washing line's fine. It's just not very pretty. Yeah. So right. having open communication both ways as to why or why not they might not be getting their requests yeah. um, just to ensure we're maintaining the positive relationship yeah 
Okay, so let's say something has has gone to the dogs. Mm-hmm. We're talking tribunal. Mm-hmm. How, how does how does that work? What's the role of the PM? How do you get paid? Yep. Um, I'm guessing that that's not part of your standard fee. It might be part of yours, but there'd be some cheaper fees out there that it's an add-on. Yep. How does that kind of work, and, and what's your role with the, when something goes to the tribunal? Yeah, absolutely. So it is our, obviously we're the main communication between the tenant and the landlord, and despite the situation, we'll generally know the most yep. um, about what's happening. So and relaying to the landlord what's happening whether it's us making an application on the landlord's behalf to take the tenants to a tribunal if we feel that's necessary or whether it's the tenants making an application and we're us receiving it on behalf of the landlord as well to say the tenants are taking you to tribunal communicating what's going happening to the landlord um and having a chat to the landlord and saying do you want to be appearing do you want to be going to tribunal or would you prefer us to go on your behalf what role do you want to play in this so obviously we can handle the whole situation from start to finish and keep the landlord engaged and let them understand what's going on or a lot of landlords will take the front seat at that spot and go no no we'll take over this because obviously it's an emotional thing for them as well it's their property and despite what it is they want to be involved so just having an understanding of what how much they want us to do in that situation obviously because we have managed the property we'll know a lot so it's we think it's beneficial for us to be involved depending on the situation um, so a lot of the time it is um, we will go to the landlord with we'll go to tribunal with the landlord if they'd like to appear yeah. and represent them or assist them in the tribunal yeah and um, how do you get paid is that part of your fee like is that normally like I, I guess when when a, a landlord is given a lease agreement you sort of see sometimes there's there's letting fees yep. they have they have a tribunal part of that does that is that typically work a certain way yeah so we charge an extra fee to go to tribunal yeah um, and I think so we charge an hourly rate to yep. go to tribunal from leaving the office to returning to the office because yep. it is obviously quite a time-consuming thing. And with that whole tribunal piece, it's not just being at tribunal. It's the leading up to the paperwork we've got to provide, yep. the notes and everything we've got to have ready. We that does not that's not covered under our management fees at all. Yeah. Um, we don't we don't charge for the preparation of documents for tribunal, which yeah. a lot of um, agencies do. I understand, okay. um, so we're happy to do that. But if you want us to attend, we will go. And I think as well, sometimes a lot of situations can be settled outside of tribunal, yeah. and that's definitely our recommendation. That's what we'd prefer. Um, so maybe by having that fee, it sometimes is more of an incentive for landlords who just want to go to tribunal because it's a bit exciting, and yeah. they'll go, "We'll get this all sorted in this dramatic scene." It's going well. That might not actually have the best result. Yeah. So and it's if, not just like Judge Judy. You're not no, famous. <laughs> no, it's not too fun in there at all. So right. it's not. And to be honest, it's not a situation I enjoy going to. Yeah. Um, Whether sure, you're some in the people, right or the wrong. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a situation you're going into and you don't know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. You can have the best documents, but it might still not turn out in your favour and you could be 100% in the right, but again, it might not turn out in your favour. So it's going into an unknown situation. So mm-hmm. I don't always think that's the best resolve. Yeah. So let's see if we can, and by having that fee, there are sometimes it can encourage a landlord to look at the other options and negotiating outside of it. Yeah, and we've had Hamish, the lawyer, on the podcast before, and he has the same advice for building disputes as, as you yeah. do for tenancy disputes. Settle them outside of court. Yeah. Because it's an expensive and, you know, emotionally draining business. It, it 100% is. I um, I don't I have not been to tribunal a lot, which is yeah. something I'm very happy about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, the small amount of times I have been, you look at they're exhausted because it's such a hype up and then you're very, it's an intense situation. Yeah. So you've just got to be on the ball. Let's talk about um, Newcastle, where your office is. Um, and even around Australia, PMs are advertising dirt cheap management fees. Um, 
typically there's exclusions with those. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe some people are, are engaging in a race to the bottom where they've got a sales agency and they kind of think, well, we'll just get a rent roll that maybe does a bit better than break even and we'll get all the sales. Yep. Um, and for the others, it's a little bit of a cunning ruse where they advertise a particular percentage and then you have all these fees and things on top. It doesn't include advertising, it doesn't include site visits, yeah. you know, ridiculous things like that. What are you sort of seeing? What's typical in the industry and what should property investors watch out for? Um, biggest is looking at your fees and what you're actually getting for that. Yeah. So we have, when people are comparing us, they'll come and say, oh, well, the agency down the road said they're 1.5% cheaper. Yeah. I'll say that's no problems at all. Um, can you advise what they're actually offering you for that? So not just going, oh, that's their fee and the other agency has this fee, they must be doing the same job or yeah. one must be doing a lot better service because their fees are a lot higher. Yeah. Looking what you're actually getting for your money. So every agency has different views on how many inspections are being completed, um, whether they're doing the ingoing and I've heard of other agencies putting that back on the owners to do it themselves doing their ingoing. Yeah. So it's really easy your fee for service. Yeah. If you're, how many inspections you're getting, um, who's doing your ingoing and outgoing inspections? Are they handling your maintenance or are they going to pass your maintenance on to you? Right. Are you handling your tradespeople? Um, how often are you actually getting your rental money paid into your bank account? Right. Some people do it fortnightly, some people do it monthly, some people do it every second month. Yeah. So you've got to really look at right, what are our objectives, what do we need out of this property and who's going to actually be able to meet those. Yeah. Not, not assuming that all property managers do the same because yeah. I believe every property manager offers or offers a very different service. Yeah. And, and Darren Hunter tells us to be very wary of the cheaper fees. Absolutely. Um, because that's, I guess, an endorsement of what what the property manager thinks or the principal thinks their service is actually worth. Absolutely, but and are, it are, is. Are there ways that, that property investors can sort of, is there a checklist or something to say, all right, I need to make sure that this fee or this service is included? What, what are some of the key things that typically are an exclusion on the cheap fees? Uh, your inspections. Right, okay. and, and how often your inspections are. Right. So you might get a cheaper fee, but you might be getting no inspections for that, or you might be getting inspection once every 12 months. Right. And if your tenant moves in and no one goes out there for 12 months... There's a lot that can go There's on, a right? lot that can go on. You don't know that tenant. Yeah. So I think that's really important is your inspections are a big part of what you're paying for and a big part of you to record as to how your property is actually going. Yeah. So that's a very big thing for us as well is you've, you've got to look at... You might be paying a little bit more, but in the long run, that could be worth it to yeah. ensure your property is being looked after. And, and getting back to, to Newcastle, obviously there's been a lot of, of interest in Newcastle mm -hmm. as a property investment destination. We've seen a lot, of thing a lot of things happening with the gentrification of the CBD and that sort of thing. What's the landscape like now? Is there a good sort of demand supply balance? Uh, are there not enough properties? Are there not enough tenants? Where, where are we sort of sitting right now? Um, at the moment, we still see the demand and we're still manning, managing to let our properties in a reasonable amount of time and quite quickly, I've noticed recently. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit of concern as to more the more and more off-the-plan developments that you see going up around us as to the amount of apartments that will be available within the city. Yeah. Um, my concern for that period is, again, I think we'll have a little bit too much supply and not enough demand for those. Yeah. Um, but again, that might change. So that's... It's, I think it's been interesting the next couple of years as all these off-the-plan developments go up yeah. as to how people respond to those. And it might encourage people who are living 
20 or 30 minutes out to actually, as I said, rent vesting and come into the city yeah. and live there. Um, but I think it's going to be a pretty interesting cycle as to what's ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that we, if we're getting more supply, we might see rents sort of come down a little bit. Maybe some of the stock that you're comparing with um, is very different to this new stuff. Maybe yeah. the sizes are going to be different. People want the high ceilings and the old world charm that you sort of see in some of the other places in Newcastle. And that's the thing with Newcastle as well, is it is a small place. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I, I am seeing even professionals in the city, some of them have a need to walk to work. So you're going to always have people filling those apartments. Yeah. Um, but some might go, I can live five or ten minutes out and get a house the same price like in an apartment yeah so again it's different objectives that we don't see in many other cities because we are it's actually not that big yeah. when you look at it and you've got a car yeah. so it's very interesting to see the kind of trends as to what and that's what we find as well that a lot of the time people will drive an extra five minutes to have a garden and to be able to have yeah. a bit more living space yeah and on the other side newcastle's getting a bit funky right like it's got it a is. bit of a melbourne vibe we've yeah. got uh, we've got brew houses we've got wine we, bars we we've do. got a lot of stuff going on how, how, how have you seen the cbd change over the last few years amazing like since we moved into cbd three years ago um every week there seems to be a new bar or a new shop or a new restaurant or something opening and it's just yeah. at especially at night times it's just getting busier and busier and it's really cool to see that vibe around yeah. and see people are actually although there's a lot of discussions going on about people coming to the city because of parking i still think there are a lot of people in the city and enjoying these venues yeah. um, and i think it's great yeah yeah we just need a bit few more ubers or cab i don't want to upset cabbies that's a whole nother that's um, a whole nother topic whole nother <laughs> so, yeah so you're obviously still active in the mortgage space yeah. believe it or not you've still got time to to dabble in that as well I do. obviously we talked about the transition from someone saying can i have some money to buy an investment oh by the way you manage them as well that's yeah. great let's sort that out um, what's happening in the mortgage space? We've seen a lot of changes with um, with APRA. Property Absolutely. investors are getting sort of hammered a little bit. Mm. What What are some of the, the key standouts for property investors that you're seeing from, from the front lines? Definitely just a change in climate. So we're mm. looking at now that investors are obviously getting higher interest rates. They're being penalised for interest-only loans. There's a lot more going on and it's no longer – it's not the time just to go, oh, I got that investment loan and – it's ticking along, let's just set and forget it. Yeah. It's I'm trying to get as much my, in front of my clients as much as possible to review their situation because things are changing. Um, their interest rates are changing and the way their loans are set up are changing and they may or may not be aware of it depending yeah. on how much they see in the news or how often they read their mail. So it's definitely an interesting time and it's been great in regards to being able to engage with our clients again and having those conversations and making them aware um, and making them aware as well that what they set up, when if they set up five years ago, even a couple of years ago, they could have had a principal interest loan or an interest only loan, investment or owner occupied, and your rate would have been the same. Yeah. And explaining to them that it's changed, yeah. their rate will go up and why that's changed I and mean, how that's affecting them as well. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely an interesting time in the market. Awesome. Well, thanks for the insights there. Now, I wanted to just let people know if they're interested in getting in touch with you, Kelly, yeah. what's the best way to do that? So the best way, we've, obviously, we've got our office in Hunter Street, Newcastle, um, and just through our website or our Facebook channels or my phone number as well is always available. So yeah, any of those channels, where we try and make ourselves very contactable. Awesome. We appreciate that. And just to, to finish up, if there's one piece of advice you could impart to landlords or property investors, what would that be? 
Um, so many. To, to just be aware of what's happening and don't set and forget. Right. Your investment property is obviously something that there's someone living in and it's not just an asset you put there and forget about. Review, check in with your property manager just to make sure that your property hasn't been forgotten, it hasn't been left on the inspection list. Just be aware of what's happening to make sure you're getting your rent. Um, and just having, obviously, you're not managing yourself, your property manager is managing it, um, but being in touch and having a good relationship with them as well, just to ensure that the property as a whole is being looked after. That's awesome. I think that's great advice. Thanks Thank very much you. for coming in. Very much appreciate it. Thank you.